This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday. That's right, Tuesday. It's going to be a bonus edition of the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com and proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And where would I be without my manners? I have to bring in my co-host. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on, buddy? Man, as soon as we are done here, I am getting in the car with the wife, and we are driving four hours to the tippy top of the lower peninsula of Michigan. So I'm excited to talk football. I'm also sort of dreading this drive a little bit. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap this one up quickly. And the reason why we're here on a Tuesday, A, we have a very awesome guest who we'll, we will bring on here in just a moment. But Jerry is going on vacation, and there's just so much going on. So tonight's topic, we, uh, we were calling this the injury tent. When a player gets injured in the NFL starting last year, they put up this big blue contraption around them. I don't know if it has to do with like HIPAA laws or the NFL just doesn't want you to know what in the hell is going on inside the big blue tent. Kind of like the big green egg on your back porch, but the big blue tent on the sideline. So we have a lot of injury news to cover. So because of that and all of the non-injury related news, tomorrow night, me and a very special guest will be here for our regular Wednesday show. He and I will just break down the news and, and as it relates to your dynasty team. Uh, before we get into our guest and the, the main show, got to talk about our friends over at Trophy Smack. Trophy Smack is uh, Jerry's home with a swap top. You know anything about a swap top? Oh, yeah. we. It is a pride and true measure of your fantasy greatness. Not raindrop or drop top. But a swap top, you you get those over at fantasy. Uh, excuse me, trophysmack.com. And when you put the trophy in your cart, make sure you pick out a championship ring, fifty nine ninety nine value. Enter in the promo code DWZ ring, and that ring becomes free. You'll pay for your trophy, and you'll be able just to buy the new topper every year and be able to pass that thing around. Redraft season is upon us. We'll be getting into redraft next week. We'll have a lot of special guests and things coming up. And uh, our Patreon added a new Patreon today, and we talked about a little Corey Davis last week and about rebuilding and rebuilding around wide receivers. And the last thing I got for you, so Jerry, have you seen anyone going absolutely ham with all these gifts and thumbnails on Twitter with uh, with like player videos and seven on seven catches? Yeah, you you mean everybody? Yeah, like like everybody. Well, I, I found something new. So over the last I don't know year or so, my wife's got me into Instagram. So I am now following all 32 NFL teams, and I'll just tell you to go ahead and loosen up your gray sweatpants. You may have to see your doctor about something lasting longer than four hours. If you like seeing great catches, if you like seeing, uh, you know, hype on top of hype on top of hype. Now, it's hard to share to Twitter, but man, it's a lot of fun. I like it because it's reminding me of... You know, players that I forgot about, which is the other half of tonight's topic, which are Dynasty Zombies. And Jerry, you ever watch The Walking Dead? Yeah, I watched the first couple seasons. Yeah, before it jumped the shark. Yeah. And, and a zombie just won't die. It just won't go away. If it bites you, it'll infect you and you'll become a zombie too. 
So and we're gonna, you just won't go away. It just will not go away. So please check us out on Instagram. Having a lot of fun over there. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are both at Dynasty Warzone. Jerry, as always, at Jerry Sin DFF. I'm at DFF Memphis. But tonight's guest, I'm really excited for tonight's guest. He's a new league mate of mine in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. He is both a writer and a podcaster with the Dynasty Nerds. And if you're not familiar with the Dynasty Nerds, you've not been playing Dynasty long enough. The Nerds True. the nerds are OGs. Uh, Tyler Gunther, uh, the Dynasty Happy Hour, those guys, the Nerds, Izzy and uh, JP over at the DTC. But the Nerds are OG as OG gets in this space. And our guest tonight is Garrett Price. Again, he's a writer, and he's been podcasting the last few months with Rich Dotson and Matt O'Hara of the Nerds. And he is also the co-host of the Dynasty Rewind podcast with his co-host, and I hope I don't butcher this name, but I'm going to anyway, Shevin Noon. And you can follow Garrett on Twitter at Dynasty Price. Garrett, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, sir. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I am I'm stoked to be here. You guys, you guys put on an awesome show. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to get to interact with you, other than just uh, trying to. Uh, trade trade for all your players on on our uh, our league together other than that uh, i'm excited to actually get to talk in person here or i guess not in person you. i get to see you yeah, yeah that well, just well, means he likes you because if you don't send randy trade offers he gets snarky real quick in a chat well, well <laughs> hold on back the truck up a little bit jerry jerry bear um i only get snarky when i send you because because we're in a we're in a league and this is many leagues i'm fine with not with not sending any offers but you lying. can't. You, you, He's you, lying right I, to you, I, right? With of, that statement, kind of. But if you say send offer, send offer, send offer, send offers, and I send an offer, and all you do is reject, yeah, the snark's coming out with the quickness, because all you gotta <laughs> do is say, hey, that dude's not on the block. Hey, that's not enough. I was thinking maybe this. A little interaction. You can't. It's like any relationship. You can't get anything done if one person's doing all the legwork. So don't say send me trades on one hand, and then not respond to them or counter on the other. That's when the snark comes out, Jerry. You son of a. Hey, um, but since we got you guys here, have you have you have you guys been watching any of the NFL training camp? Did you know that was going on? I heard a little bit about it. Uh, the hype train is rolling. Everybody loves T.J. Hawkinson here in Detroit. I can promise except you that. Except you, except you, you negative Nelly. Yeah, you know who else sent me some videos of T.J. Hawkinson? Randy. Uh huh. Yeah, because you know what? You cannot judge T.J. Hawkinson because he's a tight end drafted in the top 10 he's not eric ebron dude this guy looks awesome uh garrett have you seen hawkinson anything oh i i love tj hawkinson i've uh, acquired him in quite a few leagues uh i love all the things he can do now not just as a pure football player because we know he's a great blocker uh but but i do think he has uh some real upside uh and and for fantasy purposes as well so i'm a i'm a tj truther yeah i am too and uh, I've went through many a trade battle with our mutual friend ac across this room uh, with Tyler Gunther. He's a fellow TJ Hawkinson truther, and it's hard not to be. But as much as we could go on with all the positive news and, and hype trains, we're going to do a lot of that tomorrow night uh, in the news segment. Tonight we want to talk about injuries. This is the crappiest time of the year to be a dynasty owner. In redraft, you can get away from it. You know, you don't like you don't like AJ Green being hurt. Cool, you don't draft him in redraft. You don't like Damian Williams being hurt? Cool. You don't draft him in redraft or you move him down your board a little bit. But as a dynasty owner, right now, if you're not following Izzy Alcafaz, he has posted some of the most hilarious gifts made. I can't do him justice by speaking of them. 
Find Izzy on Twitter. Look at the gifts and uh, enjoy yourself. But the first one I want to talk about is probably the worst one so far. A.J. Green, wide receiver, Cincinnati Bengals, has torn some ligaments in his lower ankle foot area and projected to miss six to eight weeks and is already expected to miss week one. I'll start with our guest, Garrett. Garrett, where are you at with A.J. Green, and what are you doing with him in a dynasty league right now? If I'm in a dynasty league, um, I'm I'm genuinely concerned because we, we've we seen that two of the past three years, he has not been available for you uh, in your playoff run, and that's that's when you need guys to be clutch for you, and he's he's been anything but that. So I, I'm a little bit concerned, and now we have another issue with his ankle. Um, that being said, I do – I have seen some people – like full on panic mode, like, oh my gosh, run for the hills, like sell, sell at all costs. Uh, so I do think in some cases it provides a buying opportunity. If you think he's able to recover and you can utilize him as a second or third receiver, uh, I think there's immense upside there. But you're not, we know the end is near for AJ Green. So it's not something that you're investing in long term. Uh, but he could be, if you're a contender now, he could be a piece that could be an interesting buy if you can get him for the right price. And Mr. Jerry. So here's the thing. We, we, me and you talked about it the other day. I have a buddy who was sliding into second in my softball league and he hit the base. He rolled up on his ankle and he tore some ligaments in his ankle. And that dude has been in a boot for a better part of the month. And it, with no real signs of it getting better, it still looks gross. And I love to remind him that it looks gross. But my and now AJ Green is going to have better doctors than Joe Schmo, Jerry's friend. Don't get me wrong, but that is not something to mess with. And as a wide receiver, as dynamic and fast and agile as AJ Green, he's going to need his ankle. So, so like Garrett said, it does create a buy a buying window. Um, and if I am an AJ Green owner, I am getting out of that the moment he comes back. I'm not selling him now. You can keep your poop offers that you're you're throwing for me it just because i you know i've seen some of the ones that people are complaining about that they're getting no you can shove that right where you know it goes uh but the moment he comes back that first game i'm shopping him i i agree with both of you to a point but i'm I'm also a little bit more nervous and here's why so we're going to talk about a lot of injuries aj's just the first one of many we're going to cover here tonight but the, one, the thing that concerns me the most is out of all these guys, he's the only one that's projected to miss week one, and we're in July. So if, he's gonna, if they're already talking about he's going to miss week one, how many games is he actually going to miss? You know, Derrick Henry's not been projected to, week, to miss week one or any of the other guys. That's a huge concern for me. That's a big red flag, number one. Number two is his age. Now, I was very bullish on A.J. Green coming into the season. I like the Zach Taylor offense. I like the fact that Jordy Nelson – in his age 31 season, finished as the wide receiver two overall in PPR. And I think I loved Jordy Nelson, but from a wide receiver and an athlete standpoint, he's not close to A.J. Green. So I was very excited. But Jordy went from wide receiver two overall in 2016 to wide receiver 46 in 2017, and part of that was injury, to wide receiver 38 last year to out of the league. So to Jerry's point, you're waiting until – I'm not even waiting until the first week he comes back. I'm waiting until uh, about that midseason, you know, uh, you know, playoff teams are starting to form, and it becomes that, uh, that arms race. You see it every year in your dynasty league, right around the trade deadline. Hey, guys, I got A.J. Green. He's balling out. Who wants him? That's your time to cash out. Now is not the time. As Jerry said, you turn down the poop offers, 
and you move on and you just hold on. Be cool. Just like we talked about with Tyreek Hill. You'll get your moment. But yeah, I'm selling. If I'm not a legit top two or three contender, uh, week eight, nine, ten, I'm looking to move this dude. Hopefully he's balling out and I can move him. The next one I want to move to is uh, speaking of Das Boot, Derrick Henry been sported in Das Boot with a quote-unquote lower leg injury. I'm going to go to Jerry this time first. Jerry, where are you at with uh, Derrick Henry in that boot? It's because you know I'm a Derrick Henry guy, and, you know, this this would be exactly what happens. He finally gets some momentum, like he's going to be the guy, and he's going to be the one that gets all the workload, and they're going to focus on him like they should have been doing for years. And then this happens. He's in a boot. We're not just saying, oh, he pulled his hammy and he's sitting out. No, he's in a boot. So clearly something is going on with it. It's I'm not panicking, but come on, man. Help a brother out. Come on, man. Help a brother out. Well, I own Derrick Henry in the uh, aforementioned UDPL. I inherited him, and it's my only Derrick Henry share. And I was pretty excited. Um, I've said before a many, many times that this is a very good defense. Mike Vrabel's a run-the-ball, play-defense guy. Uh, I think he could be game-scripted out at times, but my, my concern with him is not the injury. I think he'll be fine for week one. My concern with Derrick Henry is that he had two total games last year above 100 yards rushing, but had six games with 16 or more carries. That's a real head-scratcher for me. He's not involved in the passing game. I'm torn on what to do with my Derrick Henry shares. Uh, Garrett, besides trade him to you cheap, what should I do with my one Derrick Henry share? <laughs> you know what? Uh, Derrick Henry is one of those guys that you you watch him play, and he's obviously a talented football player. And so, uh, and, and I love the way that he runs because that was the style that I played with back in high school. Uh, you know, it was the the run you over, just bulldoze type stuff. Like I I love seeing that. That being said, I'm all the way out on Derrick Henry. Um, I, I've I don't own any shares of him anywhere. Um, it's would not you, because would of you anything. Like to? <laughs> What's that? I said, would you like to? <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think right now, unless uh, unless you you want like a Jordan Howard for him or something like that, uh, I think I'll be all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just not I'm just not a believer. It's tough too in today's. Uh, fantasy football game almost every league has some sort of PPR aspect to it he's not going to help you much uh, in the passing game uh, and and I'm just not a believer in all of the things going on in that offense either and so there's you know once again they're starting over with a new system and uh, it, I believe it's their old tight ends coach that's now the offensive coordinator there Arthur Smith uh, that is correct his name's Arthur 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 so, so yeah, so I, I'm just not convinced that he can really be that, you know, high end running back two, low end running back one that people want him to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I, I'm not giving him away. I'm really excited to what I think he can do. And he's an amazing athlete. He's in a contract year. And as we're, like I said, we're going to get into a redraft series. We do this every August. We, we kind of put the dynasty tools away and we get out and start sharpening our redraft tools because it's a different mindset to go from redraft to dynasty and back and oh, forth. Yeah. So, so we definitely want to talk about that. But I mean, guys in contract years in a redraft league are usually guys that get, that get me pretty excited because they're, they're, they're playing for money. I mean, they're all playing for money. But, you know, D Derrick Henry wants to get that David Johnson three-year deal or that uh, Devonta Freeman five-year deal, you know, $41 million for one and $39 million for the other. That's what he's looking to do as a guy who was a second-round pick. He's looking to get paid. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next one – 
is probably the one that I'm personally least concerned about, and that's Julian Edelman and his broken thumb. I guess he broke it a couple of weeks ago. He's expected to miss two to three more weeks, which should be back by week three, a.k.a. the dress rehearsal of the NFL preseason. I'm not worried about this. This guy was away from the team last year in weeks one through four, uh, came back, and I think from that, t- that point forward, he was a top 12 wide receiver, as high as number eight, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, this guy had nine games. He played 12, had nine games or eight or more targets. He's an extension of the run game. Just love Julian Edelman. This one here does not bother me one bit. I'll go back to Garrett. Garrett, any any concerns or uh, hesitation with Edelman? Not at all. And if this presents any opportunity to buy, uh, if I'm a, a team that that's looking to win the ship, I think this is a great opportunity. We know that the passing game is uh, th- there's no reliable targets left over other than Julian Edelman. I mean, that's that's it. So you got Nikhil Harry, who I do think is a talented player, but he's going to have a learning curve, especially in this complex of an offense. Uh, Gronk is gone, even though he wasn't really Gronk last year. He's still uh, not here anymore. We have no clue what's going on with Josh Gordon, um, and and nor can we ever truly count on Josh Gordon. Um, so right now, the only reliable piece, unless you want to count James White, which um, he has been awesome, uh, but as far as uh, from the wide receiver and tight end position, it's really just Julian Edelman that that's a consistent piece. And so I have no no qualms about trying to buy Julian Edelman where I can. Not at all. Not, not worried about that at all. This is what Julian Edelman does. Julian Edelman gets a little banged up, and he might miss a little time, and he comes back, and he's still just Brady's guy. And if you have Brady's guy, you want Brady's guy in your team. No, absolutely not. And we got some time. We got we got a month till we got to worry about it. Not worried about it. He's probably just on vacation, and they just wanted an excuse. You know what? <laughs> he's got a broken thumb this week, so we're, he's going to be out. Uh, I'll, I'll gladly take broken thumb over PED suspension any day of the week. And speaking of broken thumbs, and we're just going to stay in New York, and we'll just kind of wrap through three guys, and we'll talk about Cor- uh, excuse me, uh, Golden Tate and, and, and his issues on the news show. But Sterling Shepard with a broken thumb, uh, I'll let you guys jump into that first. And then Corey Coleman with the ACL. I will tell you that if you were counting on Corey Coleman to produce meaningful games for your dynasty team, you got you big, have a you, terrible team already. Well, I was going to go. I was going to go the nicer route and say you got bigger headaches than this podcast, but. Uh, I'll go right back to you, Jerry. Where are you at with Sterling Shepard and then anything on uh, Coleman? Nothing on Coleman. That sucks. I mean, that that sucks. I, I liked the dude coming out. So, I mean, that is the NFL, though. That's what happens. Um, as far as Sterling Shepard, I'm not concerned about him missing games, so to speak, because um, I do think Golden Tate is going to miss those four games. I don't think they're going to overturn the suspension. Uh, and Sterling Shepard, I need to see you make that step. OBJ's gone. You know, you got Coleman gone. You're going to have Golden Tate down. Don't let Evan Ingram just be the guy that takes all your money away, your future money at least. Sterling Shepard, blow up, man. This is it's like your senior year at Oklahoma. You went from doing okay and doing okay, and then you exploded. This is where you need it right now. Garrett, where are you at with Sterling Shepard? you a buyer? you a seller? And does this thumb bother you at all? Uh, I mean, I'm not thrilled about it. You never want to see a guy miss a bunch of reps uh, in, in, in camp. Uh, but with his, with his history, uh, with Eli Manning, he's been just fine in this offense before. I know it's a little bit of a new role. He's going to have tougher coverage as the uh, one, so to speak, in the, in the receiving game. But he's a really solid player. Um, great hands, uh, pretty good route runner. 
there's a lot to like in his game. And I think he has been the quintessential wide receiver three in fantasy football for the past couple of seasons. He's nobody that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that I have Shepard. But week in, week out, you're like, oh man, I can put him in my flex. I can put him in my wide receiver three. And I feel just fine about it. And I'm kind of in that same boat now. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to buy him everywhere. But if I have him, I'm pretty happy that I have him. I agree with both of you. I actually like Sterling Shepard more than most. And I think people are low-key, you know, putting Eli out to pasture. But, I mean, under Pat Shermer last year, he threw for 4,300 yards, had 21 touchdowns, and only 11 INTs. What's to hate? And it's easy to think that it's going to be Ingram, Shepard, and Barkley as the three main pass catchers. I think Tate, if he's able to get the suspension overturned, uh, spoiler alert on the news show tomorrow, I don't think he's going to. Robert Mathis of the Colts went through a very similar uh, issue a few years back, and they didn't overturn it for him. So not looking forward to that. And, and the, the last thing I have on, on Shepard is that he was right back at camp the very next day doing individual drills. Yeah, you can't catch a football with a broken thumb. But I like the fact that he didn't use it as an excuse to sit around and be lazy and not be around the team. He's out there. He's running. He's, he can still run routes. Maybe they throw a Nerf ball at him. I don't know. But I, I, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very excited that, he, that he's actually uh, out there doing some things. Now, this next one is probably going to be the most polarizing, argumentative part of the show. So I'm going to roll this hand grenade right out in the middle. Damian Williams and his hammy uh, pulled a hammy on practice Sunday and has already set out Monday. And I want to reference Dr. Daniel Kafil. Uh, and you can find him on Twitter at, doc, at, excuse me, at Dan K-A-F-E-E-L-F-F-A. And he says that a grade one sprain, which is the most minor of sprains, uh, hamstring sprains go in three grades, one, two, and three. Uh, three, I believe, is a complete tear. That a, that a grade one takes three to four weeks to heal, and that puts him out roughly till August 25th, if it's the mildest sprain. Here's a guy that I'm not a huge fan of anyway. I'll talk about him later when I talk about one of my zombies. But all i got to say before I pass it to my, uh, my, my two boys here, I finally said something nice about you last week, Damian Williams. And look what you did to me. I, I, I finally said nice things about you. I said, hey, maybe I would draft you and redraft, and then you have to go and do this. I, I, this is why I don't trust you, Damien. So uh, from, a, from a dynasty standpoint, I hope he gets back healthy. I don't have any shares, but if I did, I'd be looking to sell Garrett. You a Damien Williams guy, I kind of know where Jerry stands. Yeah, I'm not the uh, I'm not the biggest Damian Williams guy. Uh, I, I'm similar to you in the sense of if it's redraft, I have no problem, uh, especially before this going out and uh, taking him as a, a running back two or something like that. Uh, but I am also a, a big Devi guy, and I I am uh, wide awake to how good this 2020 running back class is, and I would be absolutely shocked if they don't take somebody uh, to basically be his replacement. Um, so I don't think he has nearly the dynasty value that other people do. And so I, I don't think he's a bad running back in any way, good pass catcher, uh, but I don't think it's his job for the long long haul. Uh, and he's never really had to hold up before. Before this season, or before last season, he never had more than, what, 50 carries in a year? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of concerns with durability. Is he really that guy, or is it just a product of, yo, I get to hang out with Patrick Mahomes, and so I look great. Uh, so I don't think he's a terrible player in any way, shape, or form, uh, but I have no interest in, in trying to acquire him. Jerry, anything changed in your world? No. I have him in the listener league, uh, but I handcuffed him with Carlos Hyde because I 
effing love Carlos Hyde. I don't think he's great. And to Garrett's point, they're drafting a running back in 2020. I was talking about it with a coworker today. Even if they go with a late round guy, he's a young guy, you know, that will have a more dynamic future. Damian Williams is the same thing we've all been talking about all off season. He is a product of the situation. He is not a supremely talented guy to Garrett's credit. You know, he's, he's a guy, you know, he can do the things you need of him, but he doesn't excel at any of them. Andy Reid's offense with Patrick Mahomes will make you good. Whoever is there will be good. If you put me out there, I could get you 600 yards and I am slow, pretty chubby and definitely would get hurt quickly. I, I can't argue any of that. I will just say this. The, the, the biggest fear, if I were a Damian Williams owner, is getting Wally Pipped. If you don't know who Wally Pipp is, throw him in your Google machine. Because over the next you know, two to three weeks or however long he's out, Andy Reid and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy are going to get a long, hard look at guys like Carlos Hyde, like um, Darwin Thompson, and like other yeah. rookie, uh, James Booby Williams. So th- th- this is going to create an issue, and, and what I really think we're going to roll into week one with the dreaded RBBC. When you think you had the guy, the man who was going to get 75% of the carries, and you're going to wind up in a mess, and, and that's very discouraging. But what's not discouraging, Jerry, is that Darius Geis is in camp and practicing, and that the Redskins are looking to gradually increase his workload. And by the way, to me, this validates the, the note from Dr. Kafil is that you know, allegedly he sprained his hamstring a few weeks ago, and here he is three, four weeks later, and he's gradually getting back to work. So, Garrett, are you a Geis guy? Are you buying him? Are you advocating for him in 2019? Or are you like me, and I'm going to wait and try to buy on the cheap this time next year? Yeah, if if you haven't bought him already, uh, now is probably not the time, now that the news is uh, trending in the, the positive direction uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, you should have bought a few months ago. Uh, but I do like Geis. I'm a big Geis guy. Uh, I love the talent. I loved him coming out of LSU. Um, he's not going to be the, the greatest pass catcher in the world. Um, and they got Thompson there for that. And I think eventually Bryce Love will probably uh, step real nicely into that Thompson role. So I don't expect him to pe- be a PPR monster, uh, but he's supremely, supremely talented. Uh, seems like a good dude. Uh, there, there's a lot to like in his game. Really powerful, compact body. Uh, so I do really like him, but n- now is not the time to buy. Um, y- you need to wait if you haven't purchased him already. Agree. And uh, I, someone, Darius Geis won my heart when uh, an NFL scout compared him to being the best running back to come out of the SEC since Bo Jackson. That just made me smile from ear to ear. Jerry Geis, you buy and sell and are just happy he's practicing. Uh, I'm definitely happy he's practicing. But like Garrett said, now is not the time to buy because that this season – Adrian Peterson's going to be there. Chris Thompson's going to have his role and Geis is going to get sprinkled in. You need to buy once you get a few weeks and you're realizing that he's not a fantasy superstar and his price comes down a little bit. Cause right now that hype is just choo chewing all the way. And so I'm not doing that redraft. No, thank you. I think there's other guys in that range that I'm taking as far as a dynasty buy. If they're not buying into the hype, you know, maybe the person that has him doesn't love the situation that's there. Then, then yes, but you know, I'm I'm waiting week four, week five, and that's when I'm going to make my push for it. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. A non PPR pass catching back in a new to well, I'll be generous and say new, or some would say bad offense. He's not going to get a lot of goal line, <laughs> you know, work there. I I just think that he's going to disappoint based on what we see him now. 
to where I think I can get him next year. I think the price comes down, and I'm with you guys. I'll swoop in and buy a couple of hamstring injuries. Calvin Ridley and Deshaun Hamilton, a couple of year two wide receivers. I'll just knock my take out on these guys real quick. I'm not worried about Ridley, even if he sits out a couple of weeks. He's already got rapport with Matt Ryan. We saw it in his 10-touchdown rookie season last year. Uh, Julio Jones also sitting out. Once you got that rapport and a little bit of uh, – I mean, it's not the Julian Edelman – Tom Brady rapport, but it's enough that I'm not worried about it. I am more worried about Deshaun Hamilton. He's going into a new offense, whether it's with Flacco or Drew Locke, and he's losing reps to uh, Tim Patrick, of all people. So Emmanuel Sanders coming back. Jerry's going to talk about him in a bit. Uh, Any concerns? I'm all over Ridley. If I can use this as a buying note, I am. I would love to have Ridley. Uh, Deshaun, if I got him, I'm just going to hold Pat. I'm not pursuing and I'm not selling. Uh, but that, that, that's my take on these two. What about you, Jerry? Where are you at with these two uh, second-year guys? Exactly what you said. I love Calvin Ridley. I have been scooping Calvin Ridley at every opportunity I can. And it's weird because as a prospect, was not super high on Calvin Ridley. But that boy came out with his rookie year, loved every second of it. And I, I like what you said about Deshaun Hamilton. You know, he's he's not as secured in that role as Kelvin Ridley is. You know, he's got Tim Patrick fighting. He's got Emmanuel Sanders coming back, like you said. You know, it's risky business. And we want to talk about Wally Pipped, which I Googled. Thank you, because I didn't know what that was. Uh, he could easily get Wally Pipped in whatever situation he's got in Denver. So. All right, Garrett, two things. One, do you know who Wally Pipp is? And two, what do you think about these two second-year wide receivers? I really wanted to say that I did know who Wally Pipp was, uh, but I uh, I unfortunately cannot say that I know. I've heard the term used uh, all yeah, the time. I, I did too. That's why I had to Google it. But I was like, oh, shoot. It's one of those <laughs> things that I probably should know that, but uh, I actually don't. In 1925, New York Yankees, whatever he is, first baseman, called the manager and said he had a headache, so he didn't come in. And then his replacement came in and took his job, that replacement being Lou Gehrig. So played he 20, called in sick because of a migraine. Don't be calling in sick. He played 2,300 straight games after Wally Pitt missed a game. So that's why it's famous. He, he gave up. He gave a young, talented guy an opportunity. He wedged his way in there and, and took his job. This next story, I'm very excited because – uh, we didn't reference a bunch at the beginning, but uh, Garrett, you're a bit of a Cleveland Browns fan. I am. I'm. I'm a diehard man. We've uh, we've had some some really rough years. I remember owning the Tim Couch jerseys, the Courtney Brown jerseys, uh, hoping there was hope with Derek Anderson, and then you know Peyton Hillis, and you know all of these guys, only to be let down time after time. Uh, so I sound like a broken record, uh, but this is the first time that. It seems like other people are actually with me. I think we're going to be pretty good this year. All right. So uh, I guess Duke Johnson tweaked a bit of a hammy, changed agents to Drew Rosenhaus, and wants to leave. So we're going to combine the news with him because we have such a, a great Cleveland fan here. Uh, I, I said this. I was actually talking to Tim of the uh, Under the Helmet podcast. And, you know, about the the possibility of a trade. I'm like, why would you trade Duke Johnson? You're a team with playoff aspirations. He's your best pass catching back. And you're not getting Kareem Hunt back until, wait for it, the week of the NFL trade deadline. So if you're ever going to trade Duke Johnson, you're going to trade him at the trade deadline. In my opinion, that story came out today. I will say one thing about the hammy injury is if you're a, a Nick Chubb fan, I think most most dynasty owners are. He's getting forced into a lot of passing down work while Duke's missing time rehabbing this hammy, which is great because we've not seen a tremendous amount of pass catching 
out of Nick Chubb thus far in his career, a little bit, but I, I, that's the big upside to me. Where are you at with all this, Garrett? Yeah, it's it's tough because Duke has been uh, has been there with us in some some ugly ugly seasons, uh, and he was one of the few uh, even semi bright spots in the offense for the past three four seasons here. Uh, that being said, uh, he, he's he's getting a, he's getting a little bit of a, a, a tough situation, and I know he wants out. But Kitchens and um, uh, the the all the all the guys in the front office have made it pretty clear that hey, we're we're not looking to trade you. We need you right now. Uh, so I would be shocked if he gets traded um, before week five, six, seven in that range. Um, that would be the earliest I could see him getting traded. All of that being said. Uh, Hilliard is uh, a good little backup. He can do some things uh, in the receiving game. So he might be a sneaky ad, but um, but overall, I do think that Duke will eventually get traded, but not until we're much closer to Kareem Hunt being back. All right, Jerry, anything on Duke before we uh, hit a couple of my favorite wide receivers? Nah, nothing, nothing I could – compound on the the cleveland guy we the lions just got rid of their duke johnson we just cut theo we didn't even bother trading the man just get out of town homie get out of here you'll be listening to uh, our takes on that on a tomorrow on a wednesday show while you're up on vacation this next two news we've had a lot of bad and negative news these these next two guys come with good news especially for dynasty and even for redraft Will Fuller and Cooper Cup are both already practicing day one practice and both avoided the camp pup. That is tremendous news. I mean, even uh, DeAndre Hopkins was on the pup for a day with his shoulder injury. These guys didn't even do that. They're already out there. Uh, Fuller tore his ACL in October, Cup the first week of November. And to see these guys back out here already... That's fantastic news for, for your dynasty team. I'm much more of a cup guy because this is the first time I've had to deal with him not playing football. For Will Fuller, I'm still kind of concerned. This guy has missed 17 of a career 48 games. So it's just over a third of the games that he's been eligible to play. He hasn't played due to injury. And to my knowledge, every one of those is lower body. So below the belt. That's concerning, but right now, I'm rolling on a positive trend. Uh, obviously, I'm buying Cooper Cup. I bought Cooper Cup straight up, again, in the UDPL for a 2021st. Take it all day. I love Cooper Cup. Very underrated. I sold Will Fuller in this tight end premium league straight up for my man Austin Hooper. So where are you at with these two wide receivers, Jerry? Uh, you got me on the Cooper Cup train, so you know I like him. I was, I was... I was probably on the Brandon Cooks side of that offense, and Randy convinced me otherwise that he's the heartbeat. And I've been saying it to everybody since then. Cooper Cup is the heartbeat of that passing game. So it, it's good to see him. And as far as Will Fuller, like you said, dude, you got to stay on the field. Like I, It's good to see you back, and that's fantastic. But I need to see it consistently before I can trust Will Fuller. Now, if you can get Will Fuller cheap because someone has the exact same narrative going that I'm saying right now, you know, go for it. But it's it's good to see him back. I want to see it. I just want him to stay on the field. Cooper, like you said, Randy, I, you know, I, I've only seen the one injury, so I have nothing to think that it's going to be a pattern. And I'm just happy to see that little fella run out there again. Little fella, he's six foot two. Little fella, get out of here. Garrett, are you a fuller guy, a cup guy, both, neither? Uh the only way I'm even like considering touching fuller is if it's in a best ball. Um, other than that, I, I'm, I'm out. I, 
he's a guy that you just can't you can't trust from week to week. And if and if I need my wide receiver two, my wide receiver three, uh, and and all of a sudden he's coming up lame again year after year after year. That's that's just devastating. And so I, I'm not interested in him at all. However, I am very encouraged by Cooper Cup. I thought there was no way that he would be able to participate in the in the drills and stuff like that at this point. And all all the reports that I was hearing was uh, real question mark for the beginning of the season. He could be on the pup to start the year. And this is this is really good news. I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse, but uh, that's that's really encouraging if you're a Cooper Cup owner. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Cooper Cups fan, uh, and actually I, I will I will credit your two co-hosts before I was you know writing or doing any podcasting. I remember Rich from the Nerds being a big fan of Cooper Cup and his draft breakdown that year. So I owe mm-hmm. part I owe part I always give credit where credit is due. Uh, my man Nick Whalen's got me all over Terry McLaren in 2019. I'm calling him my 2019 Cooper Cup, but Rich. Uh, had turned me on to Cooper Cup back in the day because they, they always start their, their rookie stuff way early, and uh, yep. that was a tremendous help to me. I'm going to hit with some quick hitters. Uh, McKinnon, Jerry McKinnon, ACL flare-up to start camp. He is currently on the pup, but he could come off by week's end. Uh, Sony Michelle looking good in practice for New England after a uh, OTA knee scope. And then Jamison Crowder and Devin Funches both went down with the mysterious quote-unquote lower leg injury. But Devin Funches has already came back to camp. Have not heard an update on Crowder. Uh, so I'll go to Jerry. Anything on McKinnon, Sony, Jamison, or uh, Funches? I know you love Funches. That's your boy. Get your boy. No, I don't. He's got he's got feet for hands. I don't love Devin Funches. Uh, as far as Jerick McKinnon goes, that's just more times Tevin Coleman's getting those number one looks. And that's that's got to hurt you if you've got Jarek McKinnon shares Crowder and Funches. Those are, those are just guys, you know, the, I don't love any of them. I don't, I'm good on those guys. Um, Sony. Interesting, but that's another thing. Like Damian Harris is out there getting looks. I think it's a little overblown. I still think Sony's going to be just, just prime. Uh, I don't love his situation, but you know, I, he was good every time he got the opportunity and, Guess who's going to have the lead a lot? The New England Patriots. And they're just going to hand the ball off to Sony, get on the goal line, give him the ball. You know, good to see him back at practice. Stay there. Anything from you, Garrett, on uh, these these four uh, fellas? Yeah, I do like Sony uh, a lot as well. I would love to see him uh, be a little more healthy. Uh, so there's there's major injury concerns with him. But from a talent perspective, uh, the kids, the kids are uh, the, the real deal. Uh, Crowder is a really interesting play in New York. He's another one of those guys that just cannot seem to stay on the field. Um, but there's there's not a lot there right now. And so if he can get healthy, there's maybe sneaky appeal at the you know end of a draft or, um, you know, if you're able to trade for him on the cheap. It's a total upside play because the risk is he gets hurt and misses the rest of the season. Uh, but I do like his ability. Yeah, I uh, I, I use these guys like uh, if you ever buy meat at a butcher shop, they have like USDA Prime, they have Choice, and they have like Chuck. Chuck is like the leftover parts that, you know, you just kind of uh, – you, you, you don't feed, ask where it's yeah, from. Yeah, you, you just kind of feed that to your dog. It might be in hot dogs or whatever. That's what these guys are. I mean, if I got any of these guys, and I, I know it's probably and it's probably least fair to include Sony Michelle in that group of uh, 
less than prime players. But if I can get out from under any of these guys at any point, it's, it's, it's just time to cash out. Uh, if midway through the season, if I thought I could get a 2020 first for Sony Michelle, even if it was a mid to late first, that's fine. Uh, what, what did we count in our Patreon show when we did Debbie Jerry about nine running backs that we already like for 2020? And that's before like the, the random uh, Josh Jacobs, because Josh Jacobs was not huge on Debbie radars last year, at least not at the 101 in his draft class. And to think that there's already nine guys we're looking at, there could be another three to five pop up out there somewhere. So if I can get any 2021st and be able to spend that on a running back that I like better, maybe equally talented, maybe a better pass catcher on a better team, that's the only one. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get rid of any of these guys at any cost. So um, we're going to start talking about some dynasty zombies. This guys that just will not go away. They will not. They, they're basically, if you want the epitome of a dynasty zombie, it's Frank Gore. That guy, <laughs> you know, if there was a nuclear war tomorrow, the only thing that would survive would be cockroaches, Frank Gore, and Larry Fitzgerald. So, but before we get into all that, I want to do our other uh, sponsor, Reed, and that's Draft. So go over to draft.com, and anytime that you make an initial deposit, uh, you will get, uh, excuse me, an initial deposit, not anytime, but you make one initial deposit uh, for new users with the promo code DWZDRAFT, and you will get a $3 uh, coupon to battle Jerry and I. So when I go on vacation, Jerry's already on vacation. I'll be going on vacation. You will be able to battle Jerry and I. Go over to draft.com, use the promo code DWZDRAFT uh, on your deposit and get that $3 best ball. It's for new customers only. So um, let's talk about some zombies. Jerry, give us your first zombie. Uh, I went with TJ Yeldon, and I don't know if it's totally fair to put him in the zombie category, but, you know, I just want to see Devin Singletary. I got, you know, I we're in the Dynasty community. I want that young, new hotness to just take over and explode onto the scene, and some people do their victory laps, and others will act like they, they liked him when they hated him. That That's what I want, and TJ Yeldon is just not that. You know, he, he's always, even even when he was at Alabama, he was in a committee there. So it's just, you know, he, he's a good back. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like he, he's terrible. I was excited when they got him, and then they drafted Devin Singletary. And then the hype for Devin Singletary started, and it actually took uh, went to my heart, and it's building inside me now. Uh, and Frank Gore's there, speaking of which. So if a nuclear bomb hits Buffalo, at least they'll be fine at running back. <laughs> well, well, but before I ask uh, Garrett if he is a Yeldon guy or not, please don't ever talk about anything inside you again. Uh, <laughs> Garrett, anything he on Yeldon? <laughs> it, it came out today. I think it was, um, I think it's Mitch Rodak is the ESPN reporter for the Buffalo Bills that Yeldon may not even make the 53. So maybe, uh, maybe they'll try and take this zombie out for you. Are you a Yeldon guy? And then uh, Garrett, tell us who's your first zombie. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, lukewarm on tj yeldon he's he's fine and uh like jerry said when when that first happened i was like oh that makes sense like dude can catch some passes and you know he's not terrible between the tackles and you know he might might share a little bit of time with shady or you know whatever they're doing with frank gore i still am not sure about that um but you know that that could that could make sense that could be a a, a one-two punch that that i think that i think i could see i, I like that then they drafted Devin Singletary, and I'm not I'm not necessarily the biggest Devin Singletary guy, uh, but 
he definitely has some upside. Um, I haven't drafted him a lot of places, although I did draft him because uh, he fell just stupid far in the Scott Fishbowl. I took him there, and all these reports are making me pretty excited now. So that could be some good, uh, some good running back depth. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of. Uh, it's not a real word, but I, I use this frequently. I, I'm just whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed uh, with with TJ Yeldon. We we call that uh, meh. Yeah, we're just meh on TJ Yeldon. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Uh, my first guy that I have, uh, the my zombie is Dante Moncrief. We've been hearing the Dante Moncrief hype and potential train year after year. And I would love to say that I was never on board the Dante Moncrief hype train, but I absolutely was, uh, especially after 2016. And, you know, he had the the seven touchdowns and he did that in only nine games. Andrew Luck loves him in the end zone, big body. There's so much to love. And so I was all on board and I had a, a bunch of sneaky shares of Moncrief. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get a wide receiver too that nobody saw coming. I thought I was the smartest guy in the room. And it uh, turns out, he turned into a pumpkin. So uh, now he's over in Pittsburgh, and they have a really talented uh, wide receiver room. Right now the hype is with Deontay Johnson, and I get it. Really, really talented player. Uh, but I still believe that James Washington will probably likely be the, the number two guy there. But regardless of all of that, he's still in the way of both of those guys. So he did get a little bit of a finger injury today, uh, so he had to leave practice. Uh, I never root for an injury, but if it keeps him out longer – I guess I'm not going to be super mad. Well, I'll start with Moncrief. As, as, a, as a Colts fan, as a guy who lives just north of Indianapolis, uh, I, I still see it. And as a guy with two shares, I really want to see it because I want to uh, – this was a term back in the day with the stock market. It's called a pump and dump. I want to get this guy pumped up. I want to pump up his value. There you go. And I want to dump him off on someone else's roster. I have repeatedly sent uh, notes in our DM, and I know Garrett's seen him, to uh, Tyler Gunther, who's a big Moncrief guy trying to unload him. Uh, same thing with Yeldon. I actually took Singletary and Yeldon in the Scott Fishbowl, just trying to get the non-LaShawn McCoy running back in Buffalo. And I looked, uh, the, actually, speaking of Tyler, on the Dynasty Happy Hour a couple of weeks ago, they did their most owned rookie show. And Devin Singletary would be my most owned rookie. I own him in five of nine leagues. So uh, I guess like, technically six out of ten if you count the Scott Fishbowl. So I'm pretty invested in, in Mr. Singletary at this point. And my, my first zombie is Tyler Eifert. And I just let you know, like, uh, I can't quit you. I just, I just, I can't do it. Here's a guy for his career, averages 12.1 yards per reception and has 21 touchdowns in 43 career games. If we can just keep you healthy, you know, I want to wrap him in bubble wrap, tape him up, put him in, you know, cryogenesis, you know, state, and just break him out on week one. Now, last year's injury was what in the back, it was that's been the the one that's really hamstrung him over his career. It was a really gruesome ankle injury, but he's out there moving around uh, like a zombie, step drag, step drag, stumble drool, and uh, trying trying to catch some passes. And uh, my, my my second zombie is one that goes along with our Damian Williams story earlier. That's Carlos Hyde. This guy just not you know go away. Uh, ironically, Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams came into the league at the same time in 2014. The difference, Carlos Hyde's got 43 starts, Williams got seven. Carlos Hyde's got uh, 3,300 yards rushing, Damian Williams has got 730. Carlos Hyde's got 26 career touchdowns, Damian Williams has got seven. 
So this is a guy with a track record, and due to this injury we referenced earlier, Hyde's going to be out on the field. And like Jerry said, he drafted both. And this is a guy that in redraft, and I'll make sure we cover this as we go into the month of August, that this is a guy that if I don't get Damian Williams, that's fine. I'm going to take a late swing in like that ninth, 10th round and try to get Carlos Hyde. Because when you're in redraft, here's a, here's a preview of a tip. A lot of your league mates that maybe it's a work league or an old home league, they just get the Matthew Berry cheat sheet from however many weeks ago. And they just start scratching off names. But if you're willing to grab him a round, round and a half early at ADP, I think you're going to like it because he's a zombie. Garrett, do you have another zombie for us? I do. I have uh, two more guys. Uh, another guy, we were talking about Sony Michelle, and this plays right into that. Rex Burkhead, man. Rex Burkhead will just not die. He won't He won't go away. Uh <laughs> And and I get it. Every year in training camp, we hear, you know, he might get more touches. He might get more looks. Now, we haven't heard that quite as much this offseason because we've we've been talking a lot about Sony and his knee issues and then Harris coming in. But if I had to bet money, there is going to be at some point that he comes in, steals work and and takes fantasy points away from the, the Sony owners, the James Wyatt owners, just at the last moment when you thought you had it. I mean, even in the playoffs. He was injured most of the season, comes in in the playoffs, has two touchdowns against Kansas City. And so, I mean, he's he just keeps sneaking his way in there. It's only going to be for probably three or four games because he's going to get hurt again. But he's still going to be a pain in the butt for the New England backfield. Yeah, we've said it once. We've said it a million times. Bill Belichick does not give a rat's ass about your fantasy team. No, he does not. We would love it if it would just be like Sony or Damian Harris on the first and second downs and just James White on the second downs. We could live with that. That's a program we could work with. At least switch them once a game. Like one guy does one game, one guy does another game. There you go. Just something. Just make someone inactive. Jerry, who's uh, who's your next zombie? Emmanuel Sanders, and I, I don't know if that's fair to put him in there either because he's been he's been good and he's been productive, but when a guy that's on the wrong side of 30, well, it was an Achilles, correct? It wasn't an ACL. Correct. It was correct. Yeah, so yep. tears his Achilles and then comes back. I thought for sure that guy was done. I had I was ready to be done with him. I do have a, uh, two shares. Yeah, two shares. And I was ready. I was just waiting. You know, you don't you don't want to jump the gun too much. I was ready to just be done with him. But here we go. This guy, he just keep on keeping on, my friend. I And listen, if Joe Flacco can get you the ball, by all means, you know, former Raven to the former Steeler. That's sort of ironic. I'm sort of looking forward to it if it does come to fruition. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna let Garrett uh, hit us with his uh, third and final zombie. Yeah, this is a guy that has been so productive for so many years. Uh, been a great asset for a lot of fantasy teams. If you've been playing for you know more than three or four seasons, he was probably a darling of yours at one point. But right now, he is the bane of my existence because I want <laughs> Ian Thomas to. I want it to be a thing so bad, but Greg Olson just won't die. He won't die. He's. I thought he was going to the booth. I was hearing sneaky reports that he was going to join on uh, one of the crews, ESPN, Fox Sports. I don't know which one. He was going to hop in with one of them, and he was going to get to replace Jason Witten, who he came back to for whatever that's worth. But <laughs> and, and Ian Thomas looked so good at the end of the season, like so good. And so I picked him up everywhere. I'm like, I just got the starting tight end for the Carolina Panthers, and this is going to be beautiful. And then Greg Olson 
has to come in and just sprinkle his 34-year-old magic, and he's still going to apparently play. I don't get it, but it is what it is. Greg Olson, hey, I got a great friend named Jim who calls him He-Man. And now that he's called him He-Man, I cannot get that visual out of my head because <laughs> he does kind of look like He-Man. He but does a little bit. As a guy who's in a tight end premium league that you must start to, where I've already got Austin Hooper and Zach Ertz, and I've got a random Greg Olson share on my bench. I'm just looking for him to get off to a good start, game one and two. I can maybe, you know, cash out in, in th- th- this format. I might even be able to get like a 20, 22nd or third, you know, yeah. even as a one-year rental because you, you think Superflex is something. Try playing tight end premium where you must start to. And the final Jeez. zombie that I want to talk about is, Jerry, what's that lion's blue? What's that color, that shade, that hue? Honolulu blue. Honolulu blue, a guy that I think is going to look good in Honolulu blue, and that's Danny Amendola. Going into his 11th pro season, this guy just will not die. Now, he's going to get hurt at some point, but you know what? Last year in Miami <laughs> – he, he, he suited up for 15 games. He suited up for 15 games, and he started 15 games. This guy, in spite of his ridiculous injury history, has managed to average. Now, check this out. Look at his game stats on uh, uh, pro football reference. Even in spite of all of his injuries, he's averaged 70 targets a year in his career. Over 10 years, he's got 699 career targets. It is absolutely insane. This is a team that last year for a couple of games, I actually used him in some DFS. Bruce Ellington was flexible as a a cheap flex in DFS. And I see this for Danny Amendola. Uh, He's looked great in camp so far. Again, just wrap him in bubble wrap next to Tyler Eifert and keep these guys from falling apart. But Jerry, I mean, you saw it for several years. Matthew Stafford likes that slot go-to wide receiver. I think this is the kind of guy that could, you know, really help you um, in some of those deep leagues. Like, I'm in leagues where you must start three wide receivers, and then you're going to have the crazy bye week. I know week nine's the bi-pocalypse. If this guy stays healthy, I think he can contribute and help you out. And you know what? I've got him off two dynasty waiver wires this year. Yeah, I I believe you. And Stafford does like those type of guys. He did it with TJ Jones, same sort of thing. And Danny Amendola is far superior talent-wise than any of those guys. Listen, please stay healthy. You know, Garrett's got a little bit of excitement for the Browns. I just want a little. Just give me a little taste. Uh, So so, so he's excited for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, and 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 you got Danny Amendola. And, but you know what, Danny If Amendo- this wasn't a family-friendly podcast, I, I would have just said effing lions real I, yeah, loud. Yeah, I know. But, but you know, the cool thing is if you go to a Detroit bar, you might be able to find Matt Patricia, Matt Stafford, and Danny Amendola sitting around drinking beers with their hats on backwards. So you got yeah, that going Yeah, they can chug you. them very well. Yeah, a lot better than Aaron Rodgers. So listen, I, I want to thank Garrett for jumping on with us. Garrett, please tell us about, again, where these people can find you over at the Nerds, over at the Dynasty Rewind. And we've talked a lot about the Nerds. Tell us about your podcast and your co-host. Yeah, uh, so started a little little side project. Uh, Mike Bauer, he's a, he's a writer for uh, the Dynasty Rewind, and, and Shevin, or uh, he's also a writer for Dynasty Nerds. Uh, but he's on there with me, and Shevin Nooney, uh, he's been a good friend of mine for uh, for years. And so we just hop on, and we have a good time talking about uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's it's a fun show. 
uh, half the time we get off the rails and uh, lose lose our minds about something stupid. So uh, it's a, it's a good time. A lot of good information on there as well. Um, but but my main home is with Dynasty Nerds. Uh, it's, it's been an honor for the past, uh, I don't know what it's been, four months now, five months that I've gotten to be on with Matt and Rich. They're uh, truly two of the best guys in the industry, uh, and they're real pioneers for, for a lot of this stuff. And so it's been awesome to be with them. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I, I usually try to stay pretty active on Twitter. So I'm uh, at Dynasty Price on there. Uh, a lot of the times you'll see me pumping out uh, uh, these rookie and Devi threads. And so trying to make sure that that you get a little bit of a head of the rest of your competition, knowing some of these, uh, you know, 2020, 2021 guys that'll be coming out. Uh, so try to stay pretty active on there. Other than that, uh, I think I think that's it. I think that's all the self-promoting I can do right now. Well, that's good. We are shameless self-promoters, and we love it when our guests promote as well. And by the way, a little, little uh, teaser, as they call it here in the industry, the Dynasty Rewind has one of the cooler logos I've seen in all of the Dynasty games. So you have to go over to Twitter and check that out. Look at their little circle picture of the Dynasty Rewind. I dig it. Uh, I like what they did for your team logo in the UDPL. Jerry, anything for these fine people before I send you off on vacation and have a mystery co-host tomorrow? No, this uh, this is a fun show. Thanks for coming on, guys. This is a fun show. Uh, sorry I can't be on the show tomorrow, but I'm sure they will do f- much better than I would have, so don't feel too <laughs> upset. Jerry, don't sell yourself short. You're an incredible slouch. So on behalf of Jerry, on behalf of Garrett, I am Memphis at DFF Memphis, and remember, we're all just trying to make the world a better place for Dynasty football. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you. <laughs>